What's up, family? Thank you for tuning in to the Dream Nation podcast. My name is Casanova. I'll be your host, and I'm excited to be bringing to you entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and trailblazers from around the world. Stay locked in with us because we're about to go on a journey that will change your life. What's up, Dream Nation? We are back again. And in today's episode, we have my sister on, Miss Sarah Fontenot. Sarah, you want to go ahead and say what's up to Dream Nation? What's up, Dream Nation? I am fired up and excited to be here. Also, Casanova, I just want to say thank you for what you're doing in the community, creating access, like changing lives, helping people transform, like game recognize game. I salute you. I see you. I acknowledge you. And it's just incredible and an honor to be on the show today. So thank you. And hey, y'all. Thank you. I'm sure there's going to be so much value, so much wisdom that's given off in this episode. I always love to make sure that we pref- we preface it the right way. And the way that I do that is I compare us as thought leaders, entrepreneurs to superheroes. And the reason oh, being yay. is because we're constantly, and I know you are because right now as you're filming this, if anybody is watching, she's filming this from her hometown in Canada with her family. But my point is we're constantly flying around the world. We're putting on the cape. And we're trying to solve some of the biggest problems in the world. And so what we know is behind every Superman, there's that person that's Clark Kent. And behind every Superwoman, we know her as Lois Lane. So my question to you is behind the S on the chest that we know as Sarah, who is that Lois Lane? Oh, I love this question. Golly. Okay. Um, I'm a small town girl. I'm a small town girl with a huge vision. And I always wanted a higher platform to be able to influence people. And I guess I should rewind a little bit, but I'm from Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada. Yes, I said it right. It is Regina. Okay. And it's funny because growing up, I always thought success looked like doctor, lawyer, engineer, or entertainment. I didn't even know what entrepreneurship was. And I always wanted to 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 do something great. I always had that calling inside of me. I'm supposed to do something great, but what is it? I knew it wasn't doctor because that makes me queasy. Blood makes me queasy. Like I just, I can't, I would faint. It's not your thing. Not my thing at all. My mom is an engineer, so I didn't want to be an engineer. I knew what that looked. And as far as being a lawyer goes, I was like, oh, I got some fire debate skills. Yo, we could do this. And then I learned how much I had to do and read and research and things that I'm just not interested in. And I'm not interested in spending years of my life focusing on things I'm not interested in. That's just how I've always been. And so entertainment. I grew up, I was in a series growing up. I was like, I act, I dance, I sing. I was like, oh, I'm moving to LA to pursue acting. So number one, yes, I'm a cliche. Let's get that out of the way. I moved to Los Angeles to pursue acting, but I'm grateful Because sometimes so many people, they ask you all the time, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be when you grow up? Which is great. But the what you want to be is connected to achievement. A far more powerful question to ask is who do you want to be? Because who you want to be is connected to fulfillment. And so for me, I knew at the time, I didn't know that the what wasn't really in alignment with the who. And so who I am is a woman who wants to create access, who wants to give people opportunity, who believes that we can truly be, do, and have any 
anything that you're willing to be resilient, if you're willing to be unwavering, if you're willing to adapt along the journey, but not change the destination. And for those people that are after whole life happiness, which for me, like what I think success is, it's not just monetary. I believe that it's your physical, your mental, your emotional, your spiritual, and your financial aspects are all in a place where you want them to be. So I'm just a girl spreading that message that I believe that it's usually us stopping ourselves from tapping into the best version of ourselves. Um, that person in the mirror, really that inner self-talk, it's usually the fears from being indoctrinated in this stuff. And I'm a disruptor. I don't believe, I do not believe, I will not subscribe, I will not follow the narrative that we have to live this life based on settling or based on what other people say we should have because we got one shot. You know, one shot at this life. So why not be, do, and have whatever it is that you want to be, do, and have? So that's who I am. Just a small town girl with a big time vision. And now I get to live it, which is cool. (laughs) That's super dope. And there's so much wisdom just in that background. The one thing that I want to note to start off the rip is what was it like for you trying to become an entrepreneur? Because you just said that your mom was an engineer. And what did your dad do growing up? My dad ruptured a disc in his back when I was about 10 years old. So he couldn't work anymore. And so what's crazy is- What was he doing prior to him rupturing that disc? He was in the army for a while. And then before that, he did a lot of security stuff. So he was like head of security in, I believe it was at a casino. I was really young, so I don't really remember. And I don't ask a lot of questions. But yeah, back then, that's what he was doing. And so we went from a two-family income household to one. I have a million brothers and sisters. My parents love each other way too much. And so we struggled. And it's, it's just, it's just a crazy story, but I'll let you finish asking your question. My dad ruptured a disc, so he wasn't working at the time. Yeah. And the reason why I think that's so big is because you didn't come from a a family is what it sounds like of entrepreneurship and even being in security where you're working your way up the ladder, right? Before you're going into the army, which is a lot of structure and becoming an engineer, you're trained, your mind is trained. So for you being able to break out of that mold, did you get a lot of pushback in the beginning or like, how were you? And if you did, how were you able to overcome that? Because the first time you tell your mom, Hey, I'm moving to LA. I want to become an entrepreneur. What are you talking? You can finish out this college, get this degree. And and then you talk about that. So what did that look like for you? Exactly that. (laughs) It's funny because especially acting, even now catch my parents sometimes being like, wow, I really wish you were in this. That should have been you in this movie. That should have been. But I did some stuff, but it's just not where I love to act. I don't love the industry. And when I first said, because my first venture was in multi-level marketing, and I'm grateful for that. I built to the top 1.6% of the company. I took the resources, the mindset, the tools, the lessons. And from there, I started doing high ticket one-on-one coaching. I started a mindset motivation teacher at a parrot line. I travel all over the world to speak, or at least I was before COVID. I do executive leadership coaching and I do investing. Mm -hmm. And so all of now, right back then, it was me struggling inside of my multi-level marketing business. And that's like the easy form. I don't know if you would even call it entrepreneurship. It is a form of it, but it's a little bit different because a lot of the tools are given to you and you just work the system. And I say that to say that when I started, my mom 
was like, baby, get a job. Cause I was a student. I was still going to school to be an actress, to get my theater arts degree. I was teaching, mentoring. I was doing everything that I could to pay my rent, except I couldn't. So every month I'm calling my mom saying, mom, can you please help me pay my rent? My mom would say, Hey, I, I, this month I can't, I'd call my sister and be like, Hey, Lauren, can you please help me? So I was, mm-hmm. Oh, when Lauren would say, no, I'd call my grandfather. Hey, grandpa, can you please help me? Literally every single person was like, Sarah, you need to get a job. And I was like, I'm not getting a job. Like I'm going to make this work. Like this is it or no. And it's funny because as I started in my journey and I'd make a little bit of money and I'd send $50 back home to my parents and say, go to dinner on me. They'd be like, oh, that's really sweet. My mom would still be like, baby, get a part-time job. And the reason why is because I know that our families and our loved ones they're trying to keep us safe in who we are instead of seeing us for who we can be. And a lot of when you get pushed back from your family, your friends, your loved ones, it's not because they don't believe in you. It's not because they don't think you're great. And sometimes it might even come out in the most jacked up ways, like how they say it. That's not for you. You're never going to make it. That's for them over there. This family doesn't do that. You need to do this. It may come out in the worst way, but it's really and truly because the people that love you the most, they support you the least. Hmm. And it's really because they're trying to protect you where you are instead of seeing you for who you can be. So I knew, look, hell or high water, I've always been this way. I saw resilience my whole life growing up. You can't tell me not to do what I think I should do. So you either gonna help me pay this rent or (laughs) I'm gonna go as this person. I'm gonna do this acting job. I'm gonna tutor this person. I literally will do anything in all things. I will not quit. And I'm grateful because I saw that at a really young age. My parents, my dad would joke when I was young and say, can we just kill her? Can we just take her out? Let's just kill her. Because I've always been so um, stubborn, I guess you could say. Headstrong. Headstrong. Yes. And my mom would always say, we have to, we had to be very careful with you because we, we knew we had to discipline you, but we never wanted to break that spirit. Mm. And so I'm grateful for that they saw the, the strength in being headstrong and being stubborn and knowing and going after what you believe is true for you. Yeah, I definitely had pushback, but I knew. And you've got to decide at first, right? You are not your circumstance or your situation. I was still asking, can you please help me pay my rent? I was that girl digging up change around my house to put $3 on pump five. Like I was that girl that would eat according to price. And then I, I wouldn't even look at entrees. It'd be what sandwiches can I eat? Am I just right. going to have French fries? Or would I pretend like I wasn't hungry and eat the bread that came to the table and drink a ton of water? That was my circumstance and situation, but that wasn't my ending destination. And mm-hmm. for the entrepreneurs listening, you've got to know that where you are, it doesn't matter where you start. It's are you willing to play the game to get to where you want to go? Wow. There's so much wisdom right there. And it's got me fired up. The the first thing that I'll tell you is it makes me feel in a crazy way. It makes me feel so proud that I have the same opportunity because my daughter is at almost three, is just (laughs) as headstrong as you and my son too. We just had the conversation and this was what, like three months ago, because now he's huge into wanting electronics. So we have this thing that we tell him two and a half hours max. Go ask and especially if he's not at that two and a half. 
because we just say max. So that doesn't mean that every day you need two and a half hours. It just means you're not going to go over. So he'll be like, can I have? And then my wife was like, CJ, no, stop asking. And me being persistent and resilient, just like you, I said, I was like, okay, CJ, hear what she just said. Stop asking. Do never stop asking. But just in this situation, understand that the answer is no right now. Not forever. Nice. But the yeah. biggest thing was never stop asking. And so when you talked about your parents had that conversation of we really got to make sure that we don't break her spirit. That's so valuable. And that's something that my wife and I talk about. And so I'm like, man, if my daughter can be this persistent and have this much conviction, then I know I'm on the right path. And my son too. So I'm glad that you said that. And I hope for anybody out there listening right now, I think the bigger takeaway from that is even if you feel like you don't have a lot of value to give to the world and you're at a place where you're comfortable, let's just use that. Don't take that advantage away from your children because you could still empower them. If they are headstrong, look at this, listen to this and be like, wow, if this is an opportunity that I have that 10 years from now, my daughter could be a successful speaker, entrepreneur, business coach, investor. I got to make sure that I hone that soul in her and I don't kill that spirit. Yes. And so I love that. I love that you brought that up. Let's talk about you. You talked about where you've came from. At what point did it click for you that, hey, because you also talked about the doubt that a lot of people have. Right. Yeah. So at what point did it click for you that I'm right where I need to be, that I'm not crazy? Was it in that network marketing company or was it landing your first high ticket one on one client? I think that I've always embraced the fact that I am a little bit crazy. I think that goes back to Will Smith, who says, you've got to be, he says, delusional. You have to be a little bit delusional in order to think that you're going to, because you're different. When 99% of people are going in one direction and you're like, oh, you know what? I think I'm going to go against the grain. It's a little bit crazy, right? From what mm -hmm. society or people will tell you. However, that doesn't make it wrong. Just because you're doing something differently doesn't mean that you're doing it wrong. And so for me, I always knew, like just in my heart, my passion is seeing people break out of themselves, out of the cages that we have in our own minds. And I, I think that I realized that I could do it when I saw myself teach it to someone else and they modeled it. That's mm. when I was like, okay, I'm up to something over here because there's learned knowledge, there's applied knowledge, there's teaching knowledge, and then there's modeling that knowledge. So that it's follow the leader, become a leader, create more leaders, but never stop following the leader. And it's this ongoing thing. And so I realized that I was doing the right thing when I had people that were following me to success because some people are following others and they're not going anywhere. Like some people are in a rush to go nowhere fast. Okay, where do you want to go first? I, I, I would say that's when I, I went the first time and it wasn't my multi-level marketing business. When I had one person that did the deal, it almost made me like, all right, Sarah, you've got this. So I would ask people to ask themselves, if you do feel like you're struggling with doubt or fear, there's nothing that overcomes doubt or fear like a result. Right. 
When you get results, nobody, and that's one thing too, whatever your product or service is, someone can't bad talk your product or service when it does what you say it's supposed to do. Someone can't tell you you're never going to make it when you make your first $100. Someone can't tell you anything when you've gotten a result. So I would ask you, are you exposing your, your product or service to enough people? Are you actually solving the problems that you say you're going to solve? Because people will write blank checks. They will give everything that they have to solve certain problems. And when you speak directly to that person, you know who those people are. I'm telling you, it's, it is simple. It's not easy, but it's definitely simple. Wow. And I love that you said that for someone who is right now saying, okay, I can, I got the work ethic. I got the ambition and I know how to do. And this was something that I would say that I still struggle with a little bit. If I'm being in hundred percent transparency, and I know a lot of other people struggle with this as well. When you feel like you're a doer, there's a difference between being a doer and being a teacher. And, and because you're like, I don't know that I could teach what I do, especially if I feel like it's a gift or an innate ability. For you, you it seems like you were always a doer, right? You always had that conviction. But for somebody else that says, how do I know that I can teach what I do? Was there a way that you learned to have a framework on teaching what you do? Oh my goodness, yes. And I had to sit with myself because I call it a hustler versus a worker. A worker knows when they go to work, these are the things that you need to do. And you right. follow the things that you need to do. A hustler just makes it happen. And oftentimes they can't tell you what they did. It's, it just happened. I don't know. Why aren't you doing it the way? I, I don't know what happened, right? It's almost like a fluke, but it's not a fluke. It's actually consistent action done daily. And you've done enough of it that you're getting results. But you don't know what, you don't know what it is. So I had to sit down with myself and say, because I, I had, I was a hustler. What is it exactly that I'm doing? I don't even know how I'm doing these numbers. I don't know how I'm getting these clients. I, I literally had no idea. And then it was like, oh, Sarah, you're actually doing this framework. And then I could teach that framework. And I think another really important thing, I read this book called The E-Myth by Michael E. Gerber. And yeah. it's such a great book. And it, it really put into perspective to me why so many entrepreneurs fail. Because there's three parts to being a successful entrepreneur, three parts. One is the doer, right? It's the technician. You do the nails, you cut the hair as a barber, you cut the lawn, if that's what you, whatever the technician is, the job, you fix cars, you do the work necessary for the role that you're filling. Right. But with the technician, you need the person to do the work, but you also need the manager, which is going to give you structure, if you don't have structure inside of your business, it doesn't matter how excited you are. If you're not creating a sustainable customer experience, people are going to get sick and tired of the flakiness. They're going to get sick and tired of it was amazing this time, but it was, whoa, kind of like, ooh, average this time. People want consist consistency comes through structure, right? And it's not, that's not my strong suit. So I had to sit down and figure out what is my structure. And then you also need the entrepreneur. The person that says, you know what, no matter what, fall down seven times, get up eight. It's not over until I win. Things go wrong so that life can go right. I've got this. But when you have all three of those things together, you have the person that's doing the work, you have the structure and you have the mindset and energy, any and all things are possible, but you need all three. Some people are just doing the work, but don't have structure or, but they have a strong mindset and they're doing the work, but they, they can't be consistent. And so how do you give something someone consistently when you aren't showing up consistently, right? right? 
or if you are the person that has the mindset and the structure, but you're not doing the work. Right. Oftentimes, honestly, more of that than anything else on Instagram. Everybody's this self-proclaimed successful person. Okay, awesome, great, no problem. Show me what you've done. And then you have the people that maybe you have the structure and you're willing to do the work, but as soon as it gets hard, you quit because Mm -hmm. you can't take it. So you need all three aspects in order to be successful. You've got to do the work. You need to have a structure. I don't, systems will change your life. And a lot of the times, for those of you listening, sometimes if you don't have systems in place, if you don't take the time to put systems in place, that business, that product or service, that thing that you love so much might be the thing that you resent the most because it's robbing you of your freedom, of your time, of your energy, away from your family. And you're doing all, like you could literally take so much of that time, put it into creating systems, streamline it so that now you're able to actually be present. You're able to be where your feet are. And I think that's so important. Oh, that's very important. I didn't learn about systems until two years ago. And it really was the same book, Michael Gerber. Shout out to Michael Gerber because he's coming on the show here in in just a couple of weeks. So this is, uh, yeah, that's phenomenal. And we'll talk about it. We'll reference back to this episode. But yeah, no, that was, it's so important. And I think where a lot of people struggle at is once they understand that they need systems, it's getting out of your own way. And being able to, if you're not the structure of the system person, I know that this is something that I struggle with of how do you find that person? For you, was that ever a time that you felt like you needed to hire more people? And was there a struggle for that? Or was it initially that you were always like, hey, I already got a team. I just need to put the right people in the right place. No, I really struggled because I used to. And I still do a little bit if I'm honest, but I'm prone to being a perfectionist. Hmm. And that is the hardest place to be because it's almost like you don't want to give anyone else responsibility. It's you don't want to delegate because it's like, it's not going to be done the right way. Mm -hmm. So it was really hard for me. And I know that sounds crazy, but it's my truth. And it was really hard for me to trust that other people are going to love because no one loves your baby like you do. They don't put the same amount of care into it. They don't whatever this, that, or the other, but I realize that by incorporating systems that you create, if you do it the right way, and if you're just starting, lucky for you, oh, you just saved yourself so much work because while you're doing the things, you can document it and then give it away like a playbook. And now it's like you have a a million little yous doing all of the work anyway. They're going to do it with the same amount of care because it's a part of their job. It's the right. worker mentality, X, Y, Z, you've got to do this. I don't need you to be a hustler over here. I don't need you to, I just need you to do the work. And so it's, it's just like McDonald's. That's why McDonald's says no experience needed. You come in here, you want a cheeseburger. I know I'm going to get a, a bun, some pickles, meat, che- ketchup, mustard, a little dash of onions, cheese, boom, got myself a cheeseburger. And it's going to be the same exact cheeseburger every single time. It doesn't matter if there's a 65-year-old man working or if it's a 14 fresh out of high school working. You're going to get the same thing because it's plugging the people into the system instead of being everything is based on charisma and personality. It's a really scary place to be inside a business because you can't sell it and you can't duplicate it. 
And you can't duplicate it. No, that's so great. But shout out to all the McDonald's workers because sometimes <laughs> I feel like those are the people that be listening to this show and they have the aspirations. So don't think that just because you're at McDonald's right now, which I know is not Absolutely. what she's saying, you got every opportunity. That's why we have this platform for you. So keep the hustle. But I think that there's so much wisdom in that hustler versus worker mentality. I never thought of that. But I definitely would say that even now, I would still first instantly I would identify myself as a hustler and but it wasn't but without the exposure to books like e-meth and rocket fuel and other books out there that teaches you that structure is good because when you're first trying to break out of entrepreneurs or when you're trying to break into entrepreneurship and out of the corporate world a lot of people they resist structure because they came from that and they're like I was in a box I I, I absolutely won't go back in that box so then they think that they're just going to run a hundred miles an hour. And it's just like what you said, you're going nowhere fast. And you talked about one other thing that that sparked with me earlier is you talked about being married to the destination, even though the journey could change. And for you, there's a lot of things that you've pivoted on, but you've still stayed true to who you are. So talk to me about how did you figure out that? Because it feels like you're not only in the belief space, but you're definitely in the purpose and identity space. Yes. Oh, so much the purpose and identity space. That's my heart work. Yes. <laughs> I love that because so many things. So to answer the question, how did I find it? Oftentimes people are asking you about your purpose all the time because you're naturally good at it. Mm-hmm. It comes to you. It's like this thing. So for me, people used to ask me all the time, Sarah, how are you so strong? Sarah, how are you? How are you so resilient? Sarah, how do you get through? And I'm like, I'm not that strong. Like I'll be crying myself to sleep. People just don't know. You like people don't, you don't hear my inner self talk. And literally I joke about this all the time, but I'm serious. Even when I'm working out, right. If I'm doing a workout and I feel like my muscles are about to like quiver and give out. I'm like, don't you dare quit, Sarah. You keep on pushing. But no one hears the conversation that I'm having with myself. And so I started to to realize that there are actual tools that I use in order to overcome the things that are coming my way. Hey, what's up, Dream Builder? Have you been getting any value out of this episode? Would you like to get more exclusive content just like this delivered right to your inbox? If so, head on over to dreamnationpodcast.com and you can sign up for the email list and that will give you access to exclusive content and more interviews just like this that's going to be delivered only to our tribe. So head on over dreamnationpodcast.com. Let's get back to it. And so when people were asking me, I was like, Sarah, what are you doing? And now I can teach it. Because what I'm doing works. And so inside of the, the belief and identity standpoint, I'm an avid reader. I, 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 I listen to a lot of people. I study a lot. And Dr. Joe Dispenza, mm. he has this really incredible analogy. I'm sure you're going to have him on your show too. Uh, you got everybody on the show. <laughs> he talks about uh, a thermostat and our identity works very similar to a thermostat. And Tony Robbins calls it your standard. Bob Proctor calls it your paradigm. I call it an identity. And if you set a thermostat to 74 degrees, you set the thermostat in the house to 74 degrees. If it is blazing hot outside, cool air will pump to make sure that it stays at 74 degrees. If it is 
freezing cold outside. Hot air will pump in to make sure that it stays at 74 degrees. Might get a little bit, but it's going to cool itself back down. It's going to do whatever it needs to do to regulate back to the temperature that it is set at. And our identity is set the same way. If your identity is set to, I'm not worthy, no one really cares about me, I'm never going to make it, even if something incredible happens to you, we will find a way to self-sabotage to come back down to where you're set at. And in the same way, how you're that person that's, oh, no matter what happens to me, I'm going to be good. I am strong. I am going to make it. Whatever your story is about yourself, if someone talks to you crazy, you will find a way to regulate back to what you set the temperature at. And the mm. thing is, a lot of the time it's self, it's subconscious. So one, you've got to get clear on what are the stories that you're telling yourself. And the, the thing is, and I just want to give this disclaimer, two things. Number one, two out of three people, Casanova, two out of three people, 66% of people have low self-esteem, mm. which means if you feel that way, if you feel like you don't believe in your natural abilities, your gifts and your talents, you're not alone. Look, if you're sitting next to two people, two of y'all are in trouble. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and, and then the other staggering statistic that blew my mind was that 67% of people don't think that anyone would mind if they died. And so what's crazy for me is a lot of the times entrepreneurs, they think that what they're battling is the strategy and the tools and the resources. And I don't come from this kind of family. No, you're not battling strategy. What most people are battling is worthiness. And that's the story that we have to change. That's the identity that we really have to get crystal clear on. Because confidence and belief and all of those things, they don't happen overnight. It's a muscle. You've got to work it. If you want to be strong, you've got to work it. You don't right. use it, you lose it. The law of atrophy. And so it just goes into why I'm so passionate about identity is because I believe in whole life happiness. I believe that we can be, do, and have anything we want to be, do, and have. And you get to choose. I believe that when people understand that anything and everything they want is up to them, they can do it like the world would be a better place if people right. would know that worthiness is a birthright. It's not something you earn through abilities and, and achievement. You were born into it and we're all worthy of all things great and in abundance. When you understand that, you can change the dial on your thermostat. Right. You can change the dial on the way that you the way that you see yourself. And if you're willing to change your identity all other things will change and it won't happen overnight, but it will happen over time. Wow. How do I come back on that? Wow. <laughs> There's so much wisdom there. And, and the takeaway is, again, when you look at the things, when you change the way you look at things, the things that you look at will change. And a lot Absolutely. of the times that first starts with yourself, mm -hmm. right? Change the way that you look at yourself. And this thing that I learned, and it was by a guest coming on the show, and he had said, for anybody that ever tells me that they're bad at something, he says, you're not bad at anything. You're just untrained. So I, the self-talk, everything, oh yeah, I'm bad at that. I'm bad at cussing. No, you've just never tried to chain, train your mind, train your soul, train your energy to that's not the way that I want to come off. That's not the way that I want to show up.
and and I love that what you had said in the beginning. It's not about what you what do you need to do, but it's who do you need to become? Because yes. a lot of the times that will align everything. How do I need to show up? If it's say that, hey, I want to build a seven-figure, eight-figure business, look at someone who's already built that. I guarantee that their habits, their standards, their thermostat is a lot different than yours because they yeah. understood who they needed to become, which is a lot different for anyone. There's no one that started their company that has stayed in business more than five years that didn't have an evolution yeah with many epiphanies of right. who they were and yeah. the leader that they were not to get yeah. to where they were needing to go right so powerful that's so crazy now i want to tap back into a little bit more of the business mindset because this conviction that you have and the way that you articulate yourself is definitely a one percent of the one percent and that's amazing to you for someone else right now that's listening or watching this right now and they say man i absolutely love what she's saying that's what i believe too everyone should have whole holistic purpose in life and it should all blend and harmony and everything and i want to be able to teach my clients that i want to be able to impact the world the way that she's doing it. But I don't even know, how do I land my first client? If I wanted to coach someone to believe this type of thing, how did she do it? How did you become this megastar when it comes to executive business coaching in the one-on-one -on -one space? Honestly, I, I got to say a lot of it is God and relationships. The craziest relationships can get you in rooms that degrees just can't. Can't. Facts. Period. And, and if you do right by people, and if you truly are who you say that you are, and you keep it real, I, for me, that's how it happened. I'm like, God, I'm like one of those people where I don't know how anything is going to happen. I just know that it is. And my job is just to work towards it. And God does his thing and bippity boppity boops it and it happens. But as far as people getting their first client, number one, I, you've got to know who are your clients. A lot of the times, and I, I work with so many people. And I'll say, what's your target market? And they'll tell me they're this age and they're this and doctors, lawyers, or they're first level entrepreneurs or whatever it may be. Okay, great. What's their problem? And they'll be like, they're sick and tired of being sick and tired. They don't make enough money and they are stressed out all the time. And, and in my brain, I'm just letting them finish their thought. The thing is, most people don't take the time to do the research to dig all the way deep. They're giving you the result of the actual problem. So not having enough money is a result of what? Not having enough time is a result of what? So as an example, I actually, just yesterday, my sister, which is so funny, she's like, can I please have 45 minutes of your time? <laughs> I'm not going to pay you, but I'd really love 45 minutes. <laughs> Remember that time you called oh, me about that rent? I need Full circle. So yesterday she was like, I really want to revamp my social media. And I was going to buy this thing. And I was like, why wouldn't I talk to my sister? So she reached out and she was like, I really want to do this, but I don't know what I want to do. Number one, what is your product or service? So I was like, identify what are, what it, if you're talking about social media, what are five words that you want to represent on your social media? Is it lifestyle? Is it empowerment? Is it entrepreneurship? Because a lot of the times people are like, I want to show people how to grow a health and fitness business, but there's nothing health and fitness on their social media. There's no workouts. There's no family. There's no, there, it's all like product that doesn't really sell because people want to buy from people. They don't want to buy from the unknown. So that was the first thing. What is it that you want to, who are you attracting in and what is their problem? Not the result of their problem. So in talking to my sister, when she got down to the fact that 
she it's the problem is people have unsupportive spouses. The problem is they work two or three jobs and so they never get to see their children. There's no time freedom. The problem is you don't have enough money. You're scraping by paycheck to paycheck, but you don't have enough time. You don't have a supportive spouse and you feel like you're doing it all on your own. So that's your problem. Inside of all of your languaging, you've got to hit those points for other people. And when you're speaking the language and the language, it's like everything you say is a nugget. Everything you say is like, oh, ball drop because you're speaking directly to your tribe. So now when you identify the problems that you're solving, is it also profitable? And are you actually doing what you say you're going to do? So if you're the person that's saying, let me show you how to make how to start your own course. Does your course actually show people how to start their own course? Or is it just a bunch of random things that you've gotten from YouTube and put it into something? And whatever works. Referrals is a great way to get a, a, a first client. Leading by example is a way of getting your first client. Being a great human being is a great way of getting a, a client. And one of the things that I'll say that has always worked is in the beginning, when you're first starting, ask for support. Don't expect it, but don't be afraid to ask for it. Your friends and your family members send a text message to everybody in your phone and say, hey, I just started this new small business. I'm super excited about it. Will you support me? Either way, have an amazing day. Let me know if you want my link to my website, to my this, to my that, because it can't hurt you. Can right. you, uh, or, I just started a new small business. It'd mean the world to me if you'd buy a t-shirt, just one. Right. Let me know. Either way, have an amazing day. Have no attachment. But are you putting yourself out there? Are you exposing yourself to enough people? And that is really how you get the, the first and then create the most incredible customer experience. I've got to say one of the things that I love, I am team Delta through and through. Like when I fly, team right. Delta through and through. Can't tell me nothing. Folks who say what they want to say, I'm team Delta. I ain't going nowhere. Unless Delta doesn't fly, that's the only reason why I'd fly anybody else. And I don't care how much it is. It is what it is. I love when I call them, they're like, Hello, Sarah. And this is the thing. I know that it is not a person saying Sarah. It's in the system, right? right? It's the smallest things that they do to create. I have a specific line that I can call because of the status that I am with Delta. It makes me feel good. It is a great customer experience. And they're consistent with that customer experience, which keeps me coming back. Just to go back to the McDonald's example, McDonald's does not have the best food on the planet. They just, they don't. I think their fries are pretty good. I ain't gonna lie. When it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they, were, they got some good fries. <laughs> McDonald's versus the mom and pop shop. Now the mom and pop shop may put, may have the best tasting, most incredible recipe one time, and it may shift a little the next time. And then someone might be disappointed in that and stop coming back. People right. go to fast food because it's consistent. You know what you're going to get every single time. So are you creating an amazing customer experience? Who are you talking to? What problems are you solving? Is it profitable? And are you doing what you say you're going to do? Do you feel that's like that? Sorry. No, but that's a super dope answer. Do you feel like that a lot of people aren't successful because they don't niche down enough? Because that's a big thing, right? There's this whole red ocean versus blue ocean and you have to be very niche. A lot of people like you, myself, like you, you have a lot of talents and they struggle with who exactly do I want to serve because they don't understand what's profitable, what's not. I don't know how profitable it is because I'm new to it. 
Are you mm. someone who is an advocate? There's a book out there called Range, and mm. it's why generalists thrive, why generalists thrive in a world of specialization. Mm. Right? And I thought it was a phenomenal book. And it goes against the grain when you talked about being delusional and being crazy. It goes against the grain because everyone from Malcolm Gladwell to Brendan Bruchard and everyone else would say you got to be so niche down. But this book says the different. And so I want to hear your opinion on this. When somebody's first starting out, do you think that you can come out? And here's the here's another way that I'll say it. And I want to hear your thoughts. And the reason why I said this, because I asked a buddy of mine, and he's a barber, good uh, business savvy guy, loves personal development, just like we do. But I'd asked him, he, he said he wanted to be like the number one barber. He wanted to be super niche down, everything. I'm like, cool. And I was like, let me ask you something. Would you ever take Steph Curry over LeBron James? I said, who would you take? Are you taking Steph over LeBron? Are you taking Steph over Jordan? And he was like, absolutely not. And I was like, why not? Would you argue that Steph, we could probably argue that Steph is the greatest shooter in the world. And he was like, yeah, probably. And I was like, might be the greatest shooter of all time, but why would you take LeBron? And he was like, LeBron, you get the total package. Same with Jordan. So then my argument was like, okay, would you want the, to or are you looking for the sharp shooter? So what's your answer to that? My answer is there is no right answer. I, what I know is because I do a lot of things, what I know is it will take you longer if you choose, because you only have so much energy, you can only focus on so many things. And if you're trying to focus on multiple things at once, but you're actually good at them, it'll just take you longer to build each thing. As opposed to if you put crazy amounts of focus into one thing, and then you stem off and do another, and then you stem off and do another. Look at Diddy. He started out in music, right? From music, he did his clothing line. From clothing line, he did water. From water, he did the alcohol, all of those things. And every single one of them are not the clothing anymore, but most of them are still really Some people popular. still probably rocking that Sean Drake. Hey, you know, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. But, but I, I say that there is no right way. The right way is the way that works for you. Mm. And if you are that person that is able to efficiently and effectively get a result because entrepreneurs, we don't get paid to show up like people do on their job. We get paid to produce a result. So if you're getting results doing several different things, it might take you longer to build a six, seven, eight figure business, but that doesn't mean that you can't do it because there's right. people doing it every single day. So you have to know yourself. You have to be aware what are you bringing to the table? How do you best operate? What are your peak hours? When, and that's another thing. So many people are trying to do it like another. Man, I tried the 5 a.m. club for so long, I almost died. <laughs> My circadian rhythm is not 5 a.m. club, okay? I, I'm, right. I'm not, but I'm still, I'm still successful. So when you do it in the way that works best for you, that's when you'll thrive. So you've got to get self-aware. I love it. I love it. Just got a couple last questions. This has been a phenomenal conversation as I had no doubt that it would be. <laughs> One of the questions that I have is, I know that a lot of times people don't like to go back and change anything because some people feel like where they are now in life is a result of the past and the experiences that they had. But I still like to answer the or ask the question of, if you could go back on your journey and you could change one thing or you wish that you could implement one thing sooner, what one thing do you think that would have been to accelerate 
your path on your dream and your journey to where you are today? I wish I would have focused earlier on who I was being. Mm. And what's crazy is who you were being or who you were looking to become who, who I was being. Okay. To focus more on that. So answer the question. What I'm, what I mean by that is we hear all the time growing up, you've got to work hard. You've got to work hard. You've got to work hard. That's not really true. Like you've got to be effective. You've got to be efficient. You've got to be productive, but that whole like grind till you die, no sleep. That's not, I don't have that DNA. I don't want that DNA. I'm over that. I'm like, I was just having a conversation in Atlanta with one of our mutual friends. And I was like, I'm through hustling. That's not, that's not it. And some people might think I'm crazy. I know it works for me. That doesn't work for me. And so I say all of that to say me and two of my girlfriends, every morning we used to do this thing called morning vision. And we would write in our books. We'd play a song and we'd write in our books and we would manifest all the things that we wanted. And I used to say all the things. I used to say, I want the Louis Vuitton. I want the Z Gallery furniture. I want to buy my mom a car. I want to, all the things I wanted. This is all of like all of the things that I wanted. And I checked all of the things off of the list. And I'm, I'm now my list is just crazier, right? Right. Now I say that to say now when I write in my journal, I write and then we'd speak it out loud. We'd speak like we're, like we're in it. Like we say, and there'd be mornings where I'm crying. Oh yeah. And I walk in and I'm wearing this and I'm just so excited about it and the experiences that I get to create. Now, however, I'm focused on mastery of self. I'm so blessed, happy, and grateful that I have mastered myself, my emotions, and my actions. And even when I don't feel like it, I'm committed to it. And I, it feels so good to be that kind of person who's committed to what they want. It feels okay. so good. And what happens is if I had focused on the who, when I was focusing on the what, on the things, I would have had all the things tenfold. And I'd probably be five to 10 years further ahead of where I am now. So I, if I could change anything, I, I, it would probably be that, but it goes back to how we're indoctrinated into our lives and how we take on the labels that everyone else puts onto us. And we become who others tell us we should be instead of trusting and creating who we want to be. And so the whole work hard thing for things, that's what I grew up with in my culture. But now it's no, I'm not working hard for things anymore. I'm after whole life happiness. And don't get me wrong. I love the things, but they don't define me. Even as an example, on October 7th, so two weeks ago, I'm not great with time, however long ago that was, my Instagram got hacked and was disabled. Mm -hmm. So I had over 55,000 followers. And now I'm back at, I I literally started one like last week or whatever. I have a thousand followers. You know what I mean? Like it's crazy. But when you're not validated by the likes, by the who's mm. who, by keeping up with the Joneses, but it doesn't matter. So right. I, I, a lot of the times people think that comparison and they're looking and they think that things are supposed to be a certain way. The only way they're supposed to be is in the way that makes you full and happy, blessed, mm. grateful, though that's the only way it has to be. And anything that takes away from that, I would say to bump it. Why do people follow Things that make them feel bad on the gram, I don't understand it. And it even, and even just to tell a little personal story about me, I'm, I believe in being raw and authentic and real versus when it comes to comparison. I was engaged. I called off an engagement four and a half years ago. And on the gram, it looked perfect. 
I had a $30,000 three and a half carat diamond ring. We were traveling the world. We were every hashtag. We were black love, power couple, relationship goals. We were all of the hashtags, all of them. And people would think that we had this incredible, we had this incredible relationship. Yeah, to y'all. But in reality, it was very toxic. And I'll never forget, it wasn't the distrust, it wasn't the betrayal, it wasn't any of those things that made me jump out of the boat. It was my ex-fiance looking me dead in my face and saying, Sarah, you'll never make it. The only way you'd make it is if you married someone who made it. And so the funny part is during that time, because I was so focused on keeping up with the Joneses, I was spending much more than I was making. By the Mm. way, the Joneses aren't checking for us. I've never met, I've never met a hater doing better than me, ever. Right. The people that are doing better than you, they want to see you do better, period. So it's only the people that want to be negative Nancy's that have the nerve and the audacity to tell you what you ain't doing right. Ain't no that. So I say all of that to say that once again, I was back to that girl being like, how am I going to pay my rent? And a few months later, I, I, my expenses are obviously higher because I had a, a, high, a higher level of money and I can't call my mom and say, hey, can you help, help me pay my rent? Like I, I couldn't do it. And so I went back to him and I said, hey, I'm really struggling to pay my rent. Can you help me? And he said, no, Sarah, I can't help you. And I said, no, I, I know that you can help me. Are you telling me that you won't? And he said, no, I won't. And the most beautiful part is that in that moment, he did me the biggest favor that anyone ever could have done for me. Because instead of being out here looking for a hero, I decided to become my own. And for Mm. those of you listening, you get to know that you get to choose whether you are your circumstance or situation. And you get to choose if you're going to do something about it. You get to choose if you're going to complain or you get to choose if you're going to make a difference. Because insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different outcome. It's never going to happen. You get to choose. So stop looking at social media. Stop allowing the things, the people, the places, the circumstances and your situations to, to allow you to give it all up. Never surrender your destiny loving and listening to the wrong people. I just think it's really important for people to understand like you got the juice. Like everything you need is inside. Everything that you need is inside of you. You just have to believe it and go for it. Man. And fail. You're going to fail, by the way. Fail. You're going to fail fast, fail forward, fail often, yes. right? Yes. But it's, it, yes, absolutely. That, and it's so funny because you just, my last question that I ask everyone, and I'm still going to ask it to you, and I know that you'll still give a beautiful answer, but the last question I normally ask everyone is, everyone has, and you alluded to it earlier, everyone has that little voice in their head. And that little voice says that they're not strong enough, they're not smart enough. Maybe they just don't have enough resources. Now, I know that you just already gave us the sermon, but I would still love to ask, what's the one thing that you would say to that person outside of what you've already said to get them to just take action? I would say a lot of the time people are looking for the one reason why they shouldn't instead of. I'm going to tell you there's a million reasons why you shouldn't right now. Okay. There's a million. All you need is one reason why you should. And when you stop allowing the things outside of you to get into your way, 
day and reframed when that little voice comes up, like my thing, I, I always talk about life mantras. I funnel everything that I go through these life mantras that I have. They are things go wrong so that life go, can go right. This right. is all a part of my story. All things are happening for my good, even the bad, like even when it hurts to say it. And it's always for my good. And because I've reframed everything that happens in my life, when that little voice comes up and it's, Sarah, you can't do that. Sarah, you're not good enough. Sarah, you're not worthy. It's like, no, hold up. Who are you talking to? Because I know I'm worthy. It goes back to the that identity thing, right? right. It goes back to what is the story that you cr- create for yourself? Because again, you get to choose. Success is between you and that person in the mirror and understanding wholly and fully that you are worthy of all things great and in abundance and taking that on I would ask you to reframe the way that you look at things. Put on like sunglasses that everything funnels through so your vision changes. It wasn't easy for me to walk away from a comfortable life that me and my ex-fiance were building at the time. But now things are great. (laughs) Things are amazing. Things are phenomenal. Like it's a completely different life because I understand that all things are happening for my good, even the bad. I understand that this is all a part of my story. When things were going wrong, back when I first started in entrepreneurship, I had a car that used to squeak on every block. It was like, it was horrible. I hated it. But that car crashed itself on the freeway while I was driving. Don't ask me no questions. That's just how it happened. How it happened. But when I had a choice, I could have said, maybe this is God telling me that this isn't for me. No, maybe this is God saying, how bad do you really want it? My mentor was 45 minutes drives away, two buses in a train, two and a half hours one way, three hours ride back, six days a week I was going because I knew come to me, I have to it. So when my car crashed itself, ooh, this is all a part of my story. I got robbed at the bus stop. Ooh, this is all a part of my story. I can't afford to put change. I was sneaking onto the bus. I got a ticket on the train. Ooh, this is all a part of my story. Because nobody wants a predictable story. People will walk out the theater when it's a whack movie. I'm creating a movie. I'm the lead actress. I'm the director. I'm the producer. I get to decide the same way you get to decide. How are you going to reframe everything that happens to you so that you know what? You can't drift to the top of the mountain. You have to intentionally climb. And even when you choose, it's hard. You're going to have Mm. to continue choosing it again and again as we evolve. It's hard but it's so worth it. And you are so worthy. So that's what I would say. Reframe the way that you look at things. Understand that it's all a part of your story. So go for it. Give it all you've got. We've got nothing. We can't get out of life alive. So. Right. Facts. Man, so much wisdom. And you. it's so, it was amazing to have you on the show. I'm sure somebody out there that is listening or watching this right now, they're going to reach out to you and they're going to let you know that you helped to reframe their life and the way that they were looking at things. And the takeaway that I take away from this is the fact that I'm here today, I am worthy. And so I say thank you for that. And if no one else has told you today, I want to be the first one to say I appreciate you. For anyone who wants to stay connected with you, that wants to help you to get these thousand followers back to the 50,000 and beyond 500K, which it will come. It's only a matter of time. Where can they find you at? So I'm hoping that my main page does come back. We'll find out. 
If it does, that page is Ms. Sarah Fontenot. So M-S-A-R-A-H-F-O-N-T-E-N-O-T. If it doesn't come back, I'm currently, my name, don't laugh, y'all. It's Golden Girl, like goals. So G-O-A-L-D-E-N dot girl. And we'll see, we'll see what happens. You can find me as Ms. Sarah Fontenot on all other platforms. But yeah, that's my, my handles. Absolutely. We'll be sure to link both of those in the show notes. (laughs) So then someone can click on it. If it says not found, then they'll know they got to click to the second one. But again, I want to say thank you. It's been a phenomenal conversation and I'm blessed and honored that you came. You shared your wisdom on the show. And remember Dream Nation, just as she said, you have to believe that you're worthy because if you don't take any action in that, that dream will only merely be a fantasy. That's all we got for this one. We'll catch you on the next one. That's all we got for this episode. Thank you for sticking around. That truly means a lot to me. And hopefully that means that we delivered massive value on this one. If you haven't already, the way that you could say thank you to myself and the team is just by heading over to iTunes and leaving a review and a rating. That's what iTunes loves to see. That's how we get out there even more. And I would definitely, definitely be grateful for it. I know the team would as well. Do me a favor and head on over to dreamnationpodcast.com. That's where you're going to be able to find all of the resources that we talked about in today's episode, as well as more exclusive content. And you'll also be able to sign up to our email list where we have more exclusive content. And we always love to hear the feedback from you all because you're our tribe. So remember, in the dream we trust, we'll see you on the flip side.